Welcome to Motivate Now, where we take a closer look at the research produced by the Incentive Research Foundation. I'm Andy Schwartz, uh, Vice President of Content and Communications for the Incentive Research Foundation. If this is your first time with us, the Incentive Research Foundation is a nonprofit research foundation. And in the last 10 years alone, we've dedicated over 2 million to research and education on the topics of incentives and motivation in the workplace. All of our research can be accessed for free on our website, www.theirf.org. Today, we'll talk with Melissa Van Dyke, president of the Incentive Research Foundation, about our latest signature study, the U.S. Federal Regulations and Non-Cash Rewards. Since this is a signature study, we can take a quick look at what we learned from the regulation study last year. For our 2018 study, program owners indicated they were highly aware of regulatory and tax codes, but less knowledgeable about how to comply with them. Many program owners reported they find regulations unclear and challenging to accommodate, but they're making numerous changes to their programs in an effort to comply. So Mel, what did we hear this year? Uh, thanks, Andy. So we did hear uh, many similar uh, themes that we had heard in our previous study. Uh, so program owners, their understanding of U.S. regulations that affect programs uh, told us that they have a high confidence and awareness of regulations, similar to what we found in the past, but also a lower knowledge of what the implications are. And that's similar to what we found in the past as well. And we dug a little deeper into scenarios, which we're going to talk about. Uh, we found again that there are many interested, interested parties involved in making decisions around uh, these regulations and how they get uh, implemented into programs. Um, and there is a high perceived need to make accommodations in order to comply with the regulations. Um, and what we're seeing that translate into is a high rate of change in incentive program design due to that need. Interesting. Can't wait to hear more. Um, but before we dive into to the findings and insights, can you tell us a little bit more about who responded to the study this year? Yeah, certainly. So um, one of the interesting things is we always want to make sure that we have a uh, statistically valid study. So we had over 300, almost 400 responses, 398 responses from decision makers for non-cash reward programs that represented a cross-section of U.S. businesses. And for this study, we concentrated on businesses with $5 million or more in revenue. Um, so we had almost 400 responses, but we also made sure that we had four organizational size represented, um, five to $10 million businesses, uh, 10 to $100 million businesses, 100 million to a billion dollar businesses and one billion dollar plus businesses. We had about a hundred respondents from each one of uh, those those uh, business sizes. Then, from a sector perspective, we also made sure that we had a hundred about a hundred respondents from the automotive and manufacturing sector, about a hundred respondents from pharma and healthcare, about a hundred respondents from technology and telecom and then 100 responses from financial services. And why that's important um, is that it makes sure that the data that we're seeing come back is equally weighted in the total results for both those business sizes as well as those sectors. All right, so you know, if you go to the IRF website, you see we talk about a lot of different topics in incentives, rewards, and recognition. Why did IRF concentrate on the issue of regulations specifically? Right, so we, studied, we started this study a couple of years ago because what we were consistently hearing was that regulations were making it harder for the program owners that we were speaking with to do their job. Uh, it was making it harder for them to design their programs. Um, and it was making them harder 
uh, to reward and recognize good performance. Um, so as we suspected from when we did the study last year, um, when presented with specific scenarios, what we found this year um, is that respondents frequently identified legal and regulatory issues where none existed. And that raised a lot of questions of whether this high rate of change in program design is, is always necessary to comply with the regulatory and tax compliance requirements. Okay, so if I read this correctly, confidence, awareness, and knowledge are not aligned for reg regulatory and tax regulations. Yes, correct, absolutely. So program owners were generally confident in their organization's ability to identify regulatory and tax regulations. Uh, their overall awareness of regulations was a little, it was more moderate, but their knowledge, they were upfront, <laughs> their knowledge of what these regulations mean was relatively lower. So in fact, program owners' overall confidence in the ability to identify regulatory and tax requirements was really high. So we had 77, so a good three quarters of respondents who said they were very confident that their organizations have identified all of the relevant regulations and tax requirements that impact their non-cash reward programs. But the interesting thing is we started, and this is why we take it to different business sizes and take it to different sectors, is when we started to look at that from a sector perspective, there was some variance. And as researchers, we love variance in data because it gives us more information about what's really happening in the market. So if you look at a vertical, a vertical perspective, program owners in the financial services and tech telecom uh, verticals were more likely to consider themselves both very confident and knowledgeable on these regulations as compared to the pharma healthcare sectors and the auto manufacturing sectors. And that is, those variances in sectors, we saw some consistent patterns throughout the data. So for example, about 84% of our financial services program owners were very confident in their organization's identification of the regulations uh, compared to 72% uh, of those in pharma and healthcare. Okay, so if they're confident in that their organization has it covered generally, then do they feel they were fully aware of the regulatory and tax codes that impact their organization's use of rewards? So interestingly, not as much. So they were, you know, again, fully, um, you know, aware, but when we, um, when we talked about more owners were confident in their organization's abilities than were aware of the regulatory and tax implications. So program owners overall awareness of regulatory and tax codes was moderate with about two thirds, about 62% of firms stating that they were aware of the regulatory and tax codes. Okay, what about the uh, by sector? Uh, so again, uh, that did vary by sector though. So where we saw that, you know, talking uh, previously, about 70% of our financial and our uh, tech firms responding uh, were highly aware, um, but only over about half of our auto and pharma respondents. Okay, so you said that knowledge was lower than confidence or awareness. Tell us a little bit more about how that panned out. Right, so um, again, we're seeing this kind of uh, diminishing um, as we get further down the, uh, the knowledge realm. So um, co program owners being um, very confident and aware, but less 
uh, knowledgeable about what the exact implications are. So program owners' overall knowledge of regulatory and tax codes lagged behind their general awareness. So we, you know, just in the previous conversation, we were talking about the 60s and 70% where people felt um, really uh, aware. But now we're talking about knowledge, and we only see about 38% of our respondents come back and say they were extremely knowledgeable regarding the, the regulatory and tax requirements that their business must comply with for non-cash reward programs. And then another uh, 34% uh, rated themselves uh, very knowledgeable, but again, lower on the scale than we saw in the uh, when we were talking about awareness. And then we get back to the sector discussion again. So we're, we see again in the data that the, the knowledge of regulatory and tax requirements was relatively higher for financial firms with you know half, almost half, saying they were extremely knowledgeable. And uh, tech telecom firms, 41% said extremely knowledgeable. But then again, we see that auto manufacturing was lower with only uh, with less than 30% saying they were extremely knowledgeable. All right, well, so moving on to the review, review and approval process, which groups uh, have to approve and review changes to non-cash rewards programs prior to implementation? Right, so it's, it's pretty clear in the data that compliance is a top, it's top of mind for incentive program owners across all the sectors. And the majority of firms are taking a proactive approach to compliance. And what we're finding in the US is that compliance is most definitely a shared responsibility across um, many types of roles within an organization. Um, now, it is, so 73% of all uh, uh, all U.S. of our respondents said that their senior executives are involved. 50% said finance are involved. A third said internal legal is also involved. A third said compliance is involved. A third said tax and audit. So you just see this, uh, honestly, this wealth of knowledge somewhat involved in the review and approval for program changes and how that impacts um, uh, from a regulatory standpoint. But again, when we look at business size, as firms become larger, what we found, and this is probably intuitive, more groups were involved in approving changes to non-cash reward programs prior to their implementation. And then again, when we looked at sector, senior executive and finance departments were more likely to be involved in the review and approval of changes to non-cash reward programs um, when we were uh, looking at those sectors that we previously talked about, uh, which were more, um, uh, uh, more adept at and knowledgeable about the programs themselves or the regulations themselves. All right, so well, we have to keep in mind that these levels of knowledge, confidence, and awareness are, are self-reported by the program owners. Um, so part of the study is, is we kind of put that to the test. So with over 70% of program owners reporting their firms had high levels of knowledge about regulatory tax requirements, our researchers used specific assessments to test this knowledge. The results were reviewed in tandem with legal representative George Delta, and in some what we found was while respondents were somewhat overall, uh, they too frequently identified legal and regulatory issues where none existed. So this begs the question that programs are being changed needlessly where tax and regulatory requirements don't exist. So let's dig into one of these scenarios and sort of demonstrate what we, what we saw. Okay, we looked at the safety incentive scenario. What, the scenario put forward was a company wants to increase the number of eligible employees that receive awards in a safety incentive program from 10 to 20% a year. Mel, what did we find? 
Yeah, so um, super interesting. And just to, to hit on this again, um, we when we put these scenarios together, we wanted to make sure it wasn't just, I, IRF obviously cannot make uh, and, and cannot offer legal advice. That's that's not our role. Um, so we made sure that we involved George Delta, as you noted, Andy, in the review in both the crafting of these scenarios as well as the understanding of what the actual implications were. So the the scenarios that we put forward to program owners were um, both crafted by an attorney and then reviewed by George Delta to see you know, what would the actual tap uh, implications be. And for each one of these scenarios, we looked at three potential uh, implications. Is there a compliance or regulatory implication? Is there a tax implication? Or is there a compensation implication for these changes that we're talking about? Or were there really no no changes needed? Um, and so the the respondents basically had three options that they could choose from in terms of uh, where where compliance or regulatory changes were required. And what we found, not just in this scenario, but across the board, is that the industry overall identified issues consistently where none exist, and didn't identify issues where there actually were some. So um, for this particular scenario, there were both tax implication and compensation implications to, to the scenario. But while most respondents, about six out of 10, correctly identified that this program would have, this program change would have tax implications that needed to be addressed, less than half of their respondents believed incorrectly that it would um, raise, uh, oh, I'm sorry, there was six, about two thirds. Um, respondents believe correctly, incorrectly that it would raise regulatory and compliance issues. So again, we're seeing that the industry overall is identifying issues where they don't exist and not identifying issues where there were some. And that was true for all of the scenarios that we looked at. Right, and then all of those scenarios are available on the website on the regulation study page as a, as a separate download. Um, okay, so given high confidence, low awareness, knowledge regarding regulations, are program owners and their organizations reticent to change their programs? Yeah, so I think simply in a word, no. <laughs> they're, very, they're very willing to change their programs. And that was really one of the other fascinating findings from looking at this data is that we did see you know, the, interesting, so the higher awareness and knowledge of regulatory, or where there was higher awareness and knowledge of regulatory and tax requirements, it did correlate with higher uh, rates of change in program design across all the sectors and across all the firm sizes. Um, so in order to apply, from the program owner's perspective, uh, in order to comply with regulatory or tax re requirements, about half of firms I mean, these are really big fundamental changes. About half of the firms had reworked the underlying business purpose of their program. You have 40, a little over 40% that had changed the entire design of their program. And about 40% changed what rewards participants were eligible to win. And then about 40% eliminating at least one program uh, in at least one program out of their portfolio. So flip side of that, and we gave them a number of changes that they could have made to their program, about half of firms, so this is kind of interesting, had shifted spend 
from cash incentives to non-cash rewards to comply. That's good news. Yeah, good news. So it's interesting to see that kind of dichotomy between you know maybe some programs being shifted out, phased out, but also a shift into some more non-cash rewards. Um, then we've got about a third of firms that had changed the products that were included in their distributor sales or distributor and channel incentive programs to comply. Um, and then reporting and analysis, this one, I think this one made me, I, I wish this had been higher. Um, only about um, a third had changed um, to, uh, to give better program results and outcomes, but still something we can work on overall as, a, as I think as program owners in an industry. But again, when we looked at business size, firms that were in kind of a growth phase, so there's um, five to $10 million, they were more, uh, they applied more resources to ensure that their uh, reward programs were in compliance. So for firms with revenues from five to 10 million, about two thirds had increased the amount that they were putting in to pay for changes to rules and, uh, and rewards. And about two thirds had increased staff support. So growth phase tends to be a, a, a place where there are more changes happening in, pro in uh, programs. Again, when we looked at sector, um, technology and telecom firms had made the most changes to both program design and company resources. And again, remember, they've been pretty consistent in this data with being you know, knowledgeable and where. And, uh, but then when you look on the flip side again at auto manufacturing, they've made the fewest changes to both. So again, recall that that knowledge of regulatory and tax requirements was relatively higher for tech telecom and relatively lower for auto and manufacturing. So Mel, what are our takeaways? What do program owners need to do uh, to, to better deal with the, the regulatory environment? Yeah, I think this has been one of the most revealing studies to me in, in my tenure uh, here at, at IRF because I think what this really calls on the industry to do is have a better discussion around what the regulatory implications really are and what's happening out there. Um, and there's a, there is definitely a deeper need for education around uh, tax and regulatory implications for these programs. Uh, I think what, what I kind of, when I step back and look at this data, it says, you know, there's a lot of people within an organization that are involved in saying, hey, does this, does this um, uh, program need to be changed based on regulations? And having all of those voices in the mix means there's going to be a lot of changes that happen because one person has to say want to change and then it needs to be changed. Um, so I think there is an opportunity as well for program owners to step in with better education uh, and help these various voices within the organization um, be more knowledgeable about what the, um, uh, what the implications might be. So I hope sincerely that this, this study helps spur some better discussion and education in the industry. Well, thank you so much, Mel. Um, to read the full study uh, and to read the, the scenarios, uh, go to www.virf.org. Um, this study and all of our research is available on the website. We'll see you next time.